You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and SJ Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Beep, beep. Oh, toot, toot. Oh, boom, boom. Let's go back to my room. So we can do it all night and we can make it all right. Y'all remember that song? It's from the 80s. That was a real song. I'm not even making that shit up. You know, it's for, for us olds. Hello, I'm Doc Coyle. It's the X-Man podcast. And I'm in my room. Not my bedroom. I've, I've graduated. I have, I have my own little office studio spot now. So I'm, I'm feeling myself. Anyway, we, yeah, we got it. We got a new show this week, which is exciting. Uh, I've been on a podcast tear. I've been going all over the place, swooping up sick interviews for or conversations. Yes, in the in the parlance of our times, for you people, and by you people, which is a phrase I love to say. I want to bring that back. What do you mean, you people? I mean you, motherfucker. Who did you see me talking to anyone else? God damn it. Uh. <laughs> no, I've 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 been really trying to make the most of my time at home. I have probably the most amount of time I'll I will have at home for the near future. Um uh, so I really want to take advantage of it and I have a master list of X-Men people I feel are like the lifeblood of the show. Show people I know you guys want to hear from. And so I'm I'm trying to work through that and be very diligent at the same time while being free-flowing and kind of like, oh, I, that person's around. Let me talk to them. I actually had a an interview blow up my face recently where I thought I was going to talk to someone cool and it didn't happen. And, uh, but I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow anyone up. It just, that's how it goes. You know, so you win some, you lose some. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, I want to, I want to bring some positivity to uh, the environment that, that we're in right now. Uh, something just happened recently that was very similar to something that happened Couple years ago, I I was writing for VH1, and I did an article, essentially talking about this idea the 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 haterade wars in um in the heavy metal scene, where essentially the kind of more elitist side of it or underground side just hates on the big bands. And I, I wrote this article where Bring Me the Horizon, I think, opened higher on Slayer on the Billboard charts, and 
uh, Five Finger Death Punch opened higher than Iron Maiden, and all the websites, were, yeah, they were all crying and shit. Well, why did they open bigger? Because they're bigger, motherfucker. They're new. They're, they're older, and all those bands. And guess what? Slayer and Iron Maiden were having some of their biggest weeks ever. They were killing it. Everyone was doing well. They couldn't just look at it as as an, an abundance proposition. It had to be well. They're doing better than them, and that sucks because I like them more. Which is stupid. It's really, really, really stupid. You know, my my, my man uh, Jamie Josta got in a little, you know, hullabaloo recently because he was upset that this band Churches with a V. I'm pretty sure that's the band. Uh, was billed higher than Gojira on this festival that the Deftones were throwing. And you know what? I love Jamie. I think he's totally wrong. You know, just who gives a fuck? You go to the show. You see, and here's the thing. I don't know which band is bigger. Do you know how many people churches draws? It should be all about who's bigger plays above you. And guess what? Sometimes if your shit is dope and the band plays after you, they don't really bring the heat. Then that makes them look bad. So let the, the show do the talking. Let's not over here like bitch over uh, who plays after who. But the reason that's why I'm bringing this up is that the, the Bad Wolves tour coming up with Megadeth and Five Finger Death Punch, everyone is bitching online about why is five finger death punch playing over megadeth and it's like first off why the fuck do you care that's the that's the one thing like this literally affects your life not at all like if you're a megadeth fan and you're not a five finger death punch fan you just get to go home earlier so that's the one thing i so that's a so if you're actually going to the show i don't see the, the real point of it and i'm just gonna this is stuff i actually i don't want to post about on on the internet because you know i feel like it could be parsed and made it look like I'm uh, shitting on someone or favoring someone. I, I just didn't want it. I didn't think that was the best way to talk about it. I thought this was the best place to talk about it. Um, just to explain how the industry works just a, a little bit is that whoever is bigger plays last. Generally, that is, you know, nine out of 10 times, you know, 18 out of 20, 19 out of 20, whatever. The bigger band plays plays after. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know who sold more tickets the last time they were in Europe, but I imagine it was Five Finger Death Punch, which is why they're playing after Megadeth. Uh, and here's the thing. If Five Finger Death Punch does the tour and half the place leaves after Megadeth, then it'll be like, oh, well, we this is what happened. And we didn't know that. And then they'll have to adjust and figure things out for next time. And who knows? That's how shit goes sometimes. Um, we've all, you know, been in situations where we've had bands open up for us and then half the place leaves. I've been in that situation with God forbid. I know John was in the situation with devil driver. It, it, it sucks. It's not fun. And I remember a situation when God forbid was, uh, doing off dates of Ozfest and we got the sickest off dates. It was Slipknot, Slayer, Hatebreed and us. And I remember the same thing back then. Why is Slayer opening up for Slipknot? It's like, because Slipknot's bigger. And it's not an affront to anyone. It's, it's, you have to remember if Five Finger Death Punch really is bigger than Megadeth, then Megadeth is probably happy to play in front of them so that they can keep playing in front of new people. When your band has been around for 30, 40 years, it's kind of hard to get exposed to new fans. So, so it's, it's actually a move for them to keep playing in front of new people and keep exposing their band. You don't think about that with a legacy band like Megadeth, but it's true. So we'll see how, how it turns out, but stop making these comments. 
I'm sorry. It, who Your taste? Oh, I like this band more. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? There's a whole business behind this. Um, and, you know, I, I like all the bands. Megadeth is an all-timer for me, so it's a, it's a different... Uh, you know, that's a very special band for me. So obviously I'm going to ha- hold them in a sp- special place in my heart. But fucking Five Finger Death Punch is sick. And they bring the heat live. You know, there's, they are no slouch to anyone. And they're a fucking arena band and they're killing it. So just, even if you don't personally like them, that has nothing to do. A million, trust me, a million bands that will talk shit about them behind their back will fucking take a tour with them in a drop of a hat. Drop of a hat? Is that the... Is that the phrase? Drop of a penny? What? Anyway, it's been a while since I've had some caffeine, so it might be wearing off. Maybe it's the mescaline. I don't know. Anyway, you know what we have this week, guys? We have a mother fucking show sponsor because people support the show, and it, it is amazing. Uh, we have a band from the Northeast, and they're called Suspicious Minds. I'm going to play a track called Hampton Jig. Boom. Put your heels to your dumb, head to your side. 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 Heels to your dumb, head to your side.
So there you go. That is Hampton Jig by Suspicious Minds. And they are self-described as a band apart, meaning uh, the band is not all in one place. They have members in New York, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Florida. And they're also self-described a uh, heavy swing, swing metal. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all ain't know y'all know about that shit. They don't they they're starting their own goddamn genre out here. And they have an album entitled Electric Elvis, which came out in March. And you can check that out on uh, Spotify and or Apple Music, anywhere you stream music. And they have a website where you can buy music, check out tour dates. They actually just wrapped up a tour uh this summer, and that's at besuspicious.net. That's besuspicious.net. And uh, that song, they wanted to let me know, is about how people tend to, quote unquote, kill themselves without knowing it with lies, technology, selfishness. Oh, it's getting it's getting strange. But the mu- music sounds so much so 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 fun and, and exciting. I wouldn't think it was gonna get that dark. But um but yeah, that that was cool. I like different kinds of stuff. It almost had like a um damn thing uh damn things that was called. The damn the damned things. That's what it's called. The damn the man with uh Keith from Every Time I Die and uh Scotty and had that kind of vibe, but more, you know, swinger, swinger status. But anyway. I'm meandering. Thank you so much to Suspicious Minds for sponsoring the show. If you want to sponsor the show, hit up your boy or drop an email to the X-Man podcast at gmail.com. Now that the bills are paid, I'm going to give a quick intro to this week's guest. His name is Mike Terry, and uh, he's a vocalist. I've jammed with him. I've known him for a very long time. He's played in bands like Bury Your Dead. He's currently in Volumes. And, you know, he's a brother in metal. So, you know, it's like, you know, that's my people. So I got to, you know, I, I got to bring him on the show. But I've been meaning to get him on the show for a really long time to, to tell his story. And I'm going to do something a little different on this show because he's been in so many different bands and done so many different things. And we talk about it. And I feel like it's stuff you guys might not know. Um I'm going to play little snippets of some of his bands. Just just in case you weren't familiar, I thought this would be a cool way to just give you a little background, you know, make it almost like a little mini inside the actor's studio, inside the singer's studio with my main man, Mike Terry. Check it out. What's Hell yeah, man! That, yeah, that sultry, that sultry <laughs> voice. You know what I'm saying? That's the money maker, right? Yeah, yeah, man. You know what? You know, you know. No, I don't know, motherfucker. I don't have my, my voice is like okay. Yeah, but right. Ain't, fool, I heard you. <laughs> you be it ain't it ain't, ain't one of the Mike Terry's. You know what I'm saying? It ain't. It ain't you you know. got the notes, bro. What you I get, I, listen. I can sing in key, but the tone you're just you're just born with that shit. Oh, I'll take that, man. Thank you. You I know, appreciate it. Yeah. So, Mike, Mike Terry, welcome. To the X Man podcast, this has been a long time Man. coming. So, yeah, you know, you and I, we've been we've been talking about this for a minute. Yeah, I'm actually kind of nervous because I, I've, I've I've always wanted to do this, so for it to be actually happening, I'm pretty excited. So. You're nervous. You wait, y'all. You know, do we gotta wait like a minute for that weed to, to set in? No, man. Does that hold on? <laughs> See, like weed makes me more nervous. I feel like really, but for you, it it relaxes you. Yeah, man, for sure. I feel like I'm a kind of nervous person without it, so it helps me be cool. Okay, it helps okay. me like see the whole playing field. Listen, you are cool. There's, no, there's nothing to worry about here, yeah. you know. Like I said, it's if it's a bad podcast, it's probably gonna be my fault. Nah, man. You know, no so way, man. I always always take take blame for that. But uh, but now nah, I've been uh. 
for the last day I've been I've been in Mike Terry world. I've been listening oh. to your whole catalog. All right. All yo, all the shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I, so you know what I did? I went and some of this shit, some of your shit is hard to find. Yeah. Right? So I was like I was like, y'all need to go find that band Cassius. Yeah, okay. Right? And yeah. uh I went on Spotify. It mm-hmm. was not on Spotify. No, it is. It's on there. But you know, it's it's mixed up with uh the, I think it's a French DJ group. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So maybe that's if you search the yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like you have to search the actual album title. Yeah. Which is yeah, I don't know. But, we didn't even really know that I didn't know that uh Cassius was a French group until we were already already well into being a band so so anyway i never i never listened to it and i yeah. went on youtube okay. and said, yo and that shit was really good <laughs> like i was like yo this is dope how did i miss this band thank you man thank you so much it was like because it was it was heavy yeah uh you know like some of the other bands you did but it had this like almost like darkest hour mm-hmm. kind of type uh like melodic riffing and stuff that was but like not because you remember like back in the day especially like from that area there would be like these you know we would call like hardcore kids trying to play metal yeah where it was like yeah. kind of metal but it was kind of shot like yeah. they didn't really they didn't they, grasp it man. they didn't really have the technique down but this actually sounded very very proficient and uh i was just and i was also kind of surprised because sometimes you you think about people's earlier bands you kind of like you're like oh this is gonna be busted right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but no but your your voice was still you know it sounded like you it wasn't like oh man this dude was shot like it still sounded really sick That's was that was the I mean obviously it was the first but that was when it was woo that was so raw it took me so long to get that done because I had never a I'd never really sang for a band or and I definitely had never been re- in a recording setting as yeah. as a vocalist so that was like your like high school band or whatever or? yeah uh yeah right we came right out of high school man uh June senior year junior year is when the band got together senior year is when we kind of like took it kind of started taking it seriously we'd have weekends where we would do like DC, Virginia, Maryland, North Carolina. You're, you're, rich, you're from Richmond, right? Yeah, from Richmond, Virginia. So we would we would do the weekend shows and come back, you know, touring a Ford Explorer and a uh, what is it, Ford Ford Explorer and a U-Haul U-Haul trailer, and just getting it, man. Getting it. So yeah, I don't know. That, yeah. So what what was the the scene like? Because obviously you had you had lots. So I'm gonna adjust my goddamn mic. So obviously you had you had Lamb of God from mm-hmm. Richmond. You had uh, Guar, yeah, you know, but I didn't really know about 
like the hardcore band? Wait, like were you in the hardcore scene, quote unquote, or kind of? Uh, I had it was just like in Richmond. It was like the metalcore metalcore kids, and then the hardcore kids. We were like, we wouldn't. We wouldn't not not fuck with each other, but we really won't fuck with each other. Oh no, it's like this. Weird... So there was a divide between the metalcore and the hardcore. Kids. Yeah, for sure. It was because it was like because most of the hardcore kids were straight edge, especially in Richmond. There's like a lot of like straight straight edge gang stuff. So there was like if you like if you were in a, into hardcore, you were probably straight edge, and if you were straight edge, and you weren't fucking with the metalcore kids because they they looked weird and they smoked weed and did all kinds of stuff. So. Uh, I came up. Was it? I mean, it's it's technically the South, so there's yeah. probably Christian bands too. Was that a vibe or uh, not it was, really? It was. Yeah, there was there was like a small little niche of uh, Christian bands, but it was mostly mostly like atheists. And this was like when the vegan straight edge movement was going on, so they really won't really fucking with Jesus. So they- <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like there was a crossover though. There was, you yeah. know, because all of it, in a sense, is all about discipline yeah and kind of you know in in a lot of ways you know being a vegan or being straight edge like there's a kind of conservatism built into that just mm-hmm. how it is and i and so i to me there was always a kind of a cross section between that and and christian bands yeah you know, for like sure saying we're young and we're crazy but we're not gonna do that it's about abstinence and kind yeah, of value yeah. system yeah there's definitely a divide i feel, I feel like for sure uh yeah, I don't know that. That yeah, that was a, a wild time growing up in like the the metal scene in Richmond. It was crazy for us. It was sick, man. Because being in being because I came from this band before Cassius was this band called This Present Darkness, and that's what, what was it called this, this This Present Darkness. Was that named after the Chimera record? This was actually kind of right around in that time. This was like like I think that I'm pretty sure it came from that. Yeah, uh, but we were. That band started in in high school. That was a band that where this was before Cassius. It was actually we started as Cassius Clay. Yeah. But we got a cease and desist from his family, so <laughs> yeah. we were like, we'll drop the Cassius Clay and just be called Cassius, and that's how Cassius got started. But so before all that, uh, TPD was like that was we were like the band in Richmond that fused metal and hardcore. So we were the band that brought both of those scenes out. So That's, you invented metalcore. It wasn't Alex from Atreyu. No, fuck no. Just <laughs> not at all. Shout I, out to I Alex. I would never say that. <laughs> He's, oh, no way. Uh, but I will, I will say that I, I did, I will say that I was able to witness and watch um, our band, you know, bring those two crowds together, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, because we had, I was straight edge. And so I wasn't doing any drugs or any of that stuff. So all of my friends were the, the hardcore kids who were all like Hato Four and you know that whole thing. And then the, my other, the other dudes in the band sold weed, were into that, all kinds of running around doing that stuff. So they brought that crowd. So it was like you know, it was always a room was full of that, that energy. And it, I don't know, it was just cool to watch those shows grow from us playing and garages and then we're selling out twisters and mm-hmm. then like you know that if you back then if you were selling out twisters you was doing something you know what i mean i'm trying to think if we played twisters i think we did for a show sure. did for we get sure. a show I there you guys twisters, was, man. was that the sh- show with um randy bly's other band yeah um, uh, burn the priest i think it was. not burn the priest it was well i'm forgetting the name of it uh it was like a side project he, he oh had. halo, halo of locust halo locust i was just talking about that band the other was that day. twisters yeah yeah that's yeah. twisters man yeah that was before it was it's been a bunch of names like nancy Reagan and uh 929 and 
Yeah, I've seen so many bands. I saw Haybreed and Mudvayne there. I think they were on the same tour, actually. So you, so, so yeah. Cash has had some success. Things were. Yeah, dude, yeah. Oddly enough, man, it's crazy. Like, I'll be in places on tour with volumes now, and now people will come up to us with Cash's CDs. Yeah. And be like, hey, man, will you sign something? Yo, where did you get this, dude? I'm in. Was that when you had the dreadlocks? Yeah, man. How long, so, how long did they get? That was like to hear. It was. This is a. This is an audio medium. If you point to your shirt, oh, they're like mid, <laughs> mid chest. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess yeah. The camera, there's no camera. <laughs> he looking at the camera. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I was. I, you could circle head bang with those guys, man. I was getting it. I bet you were. Yeah. Well, actually, no. I think. Well, when I first, you know, when I first saw you playing with uh, Barrier Dead, it was like YouTube because I was like, I was like, yo, I heard. They got a black dude singing very dead. I got all amped up. <laughs> yeah. And so I was I was watching. I think you guys were playing oh it was uh an outdoor festival. Um Family Values, like second stage or some shit. Okay. Was that is that uh, am I making that oh, up? No, no, music music is a weapon. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, with disturbed. Yeah, we guys were playing like, outside or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was that too. And I remember I was I was like, okay, I see I see, yeah, I, see I see what's going on. But but speaking of that, did um <clears throat> did Cassius like break up? Before you you started playing with them, or yeah, um, kind of. Well, I guess me joining the band kind of was the final nail in the coffin with Cassius. What do you mean was the final? You joining the band was the final nail? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cause we were like the band was going through like a rough time, <clears throat> uh, close to the end of right before I joined Barrier Dead. Cause Barrier Dead had approached me before. And I was all, we were like, Cassius had just gotten signed by Life Force Records. And that was like, a, that was our thing. We always wanted to be signed because we did so much of being in a band on our own and with no help and like doing the craziest stuff to get money to like, you know, just to, just to function, just to like be a band. And then we, where we thought, yo, if we just get signed, this will be it, man. You know, yeah. well, we're going to be good. It'll be taken care of. And as I'm sure you know, that's not really the case. No, it's when the work starts. Yeah, exactly. So after that, we got signed. And then I guess people just started to get complacent, myself included. It was just, it was just. Who did you sign to? Uh, Life Force. Uh, they had like it's Caliban. Like, oh, it was, it's the, uh, the, the German label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were sick, man. Like, so to be on that label, like, it was. Like, did you ever get to go to Europe with Cassius? No, man. Like, no, nah, we didn't. That would have been so sick. But uh, we, we, it was something we had always talked about. But, and even that's, you know, I've, people have always been like, oh, you should bring Cassius out here. But I, it would just never happen. But yeah, I would always have loved to. That would be sick. so. So you're saying people getting lazy, things kind of mm -hmm. not going, and then. <clears throat> and then how so, did it how did it end uh it was just the kind of thing where we were on tour i thought we finished the last tour that we did uh with cassius and um i guess it was i don't know if we really know if it was like a fight or it, well, it wasn't really a fight or anything it was just everyone's just kind of just tired because yeah. we'd been living <laughs> together and being in, in a band and sharing a van and doing just being every day was cassius for Struggle. four years yeah so then, you know, we got it. We had a house together at the time. So everyone. Oh, y'all did that thing where y'all all lived in the same oh, house. Oh yeah, man. Oh, we, that's a we band. Were, that's a band. Killer. We were an army, dude. We yeah. like everyone. We everything. It was like everything everyone made. We all took it and put it towards the band. Whether it been, I mean, we, we kind of like everyone pulled their money out and we paid each other. It, I don't. Know, it was crazy, man. It just, but it worked, and we got everything that we wanted to accomplish done. But because we had, I think it was just because we had the same mindset. But then once it just 
you know, other outside influences, girlfriends in life. And, yeah. you know, we're still early 20s, man, you know, so, you know, that there's that. Those are make or break times because it's like yeah. that. It's that age when people start because a lot of bands that are at that level, you know, guys are still in school. Guys are right. thinking they're like they're just starting to come to the realization of like. I don't do I want to be in this van exactly <laughs> for the man. next 10 years and that was a huge struggle one of the members in the band uh he his thing was he was going to Purdue and he was killing it and he wanted to drop out but he didn't know how to tell his parents he wanted to drop out and join a metalcore band yeah. and tour around the country he ended up doing it it was the sick four years but you know yeah it's, it's that kind of stress you know so once I feel like that started to take a toll and Barrier Dead called me, and they they were in a position. I think it was Crafter was out out on the road. He didn't want to do it anymore, so they were like, "Do you want to come do it?" I was looking at my situation like, "Dude, this like I've done all I could I yeah. could do," because it was for me. I didn't want to join any other band because I loved Cassius. That was my baby. I didn't have time for anything else. But I was like, "This thing is dead." What else am I going to do? I still want to be a musician. I still want to do it. These guys don't care. In my head, I was thinking, they don't care. I care. This is, let's do this. Yeah. And that's how it happened, man. So I learned like 20 songs, or I tried to learn 20 so, songs. So, so when you joined up with Barry Dead, this is before the self titled. Yeah. You're working on it. So you were just this doing is, the that, old songs. This, yeah. Just this. Just I was touring. Just doing uh cover your tracks and uh beauty and breakdown yeah and then you know the the ep one thing that's kind of bugged out is listening to uh beauty and the breakdown and the production the way matt's voice sound because his voice like evolved you know and i know working with jason sukoff like he really like produced him yeah for and, sure and it had that almost like Corey taylor-ish kind of <laughs> kind of quality where it was it was heavy it was hard but it had a tone yeah and it was really there's a lot of clarity and, 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 and stuff. And then when you listen to the self-titled, it it is very like, there's a straight line. Like it, it feels very in line with yeah. his vocals. But if you listen to Cassius, you can tell you weren't like, oh, I'm going to make it sound like Barry, you're dead. You kind of already sounded like that. Right. Which yeah. is probably why they had you on on their on their radar. For sure. Um, yeah, I think so. And I, I think that we did some, we did shows together before and got to spend a lot of time together already. So it was kind of like, I, th I honestly, I just thought it was just because they thought I was a homie yeah. and I was, I was just Well, free, no, but it's that, but I know? think that has a lot to do with it, you know, because if, you know, if you really go to that style mm -hmm. of metalcore, you know, obviously like the ground zero is fucking jo Jamie Josta and Hapri. Oh, yeah. Because you had, and then coming out of that, it was very dead. It was Throwdown. Yeah. And then... Buried Alive. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, Buried Alive, that's even that's even going back <laughs> that's, a, that's a little For bit. me, that's like, that's where it started for me. Oh, yeah. Well, that's... But even... But you got to remember when Buried Alive came out, and if you guys don't know, Buried Alive is uh, Scott Vogel's yeah. band before Terror. Um, but Bar a lot of people would hate on Buried Alive because they're like, oh, they just sound like Hapri. True. Exactly. You know? yeah. Um, that, yeah. They were like, to me, those were like the two voices. Like, that's what... That was the sound. That yeah. was like, you wanted to sound like that. Yeah. Was, no, no, but I but I think those that segment of bands of that style, like I don't know if you what you would call it, like beatdown or uh, tough. You know, at the time it was called yeah, tough guy hardcore. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know why that why. I mean, I guess I do know why, but because the fucking tough, the, tough it was all guys. the riffs were just all about beating motherfuckers down. That <laughs> shit was yeah. that it was made for the pit and for the live it was experience. The, and listen, I'm from Jersey, and like yeah. that shit was literally invented by a band called Bulldoze. Oh yeah, from, from yeah. Jersey, yeah. you know. 
and they you know their shit they had a song called Bulldoze Beatdown because yeah, like all those din, 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 all that kind of kind of riffing it just um, makes you scared to just hear those riffs man. yeah like, man. it reminds me of just being small and just getting my head kicked <laughs> yeah it's just that 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 shit's no joke but um but anyway so when you joined and I guess I guess what maybe before the record or even after self title came out which was really when Barry Dead was kind of like taking off yeah. like it was like happening like did you feel that there was resistance from the fans from their fans or uh-huh. did you feel like nah like we're gonna take like it more is I'm coming at the right time where actually the band is on the upswing it was like it was kind of half and half <clears throat> at first sorry <clears throat> uh yeah it was at first it was it felt like there was like resistance because it was like with any anything and like any band, any fan, me as a fan, like if I if the, they lose a member, at first I'd be like, oh man, like because you know they think about well, most of the discographies were with Matt, you know, yeah. so they had become so accustomed to him, yeah, especially that, lead singer, it's hard, yeah, for, people. for sure. So I think that that was kind of hard to uh, people to get past, but for people who would come to the show first. And then see it, and then they would go back and hear it. They'd be like, "Oh, okay, well, we, we get it." You know, a lot of people sometimes they had to who hear it first need to see what's going on, to see the energy, see the show, see what it was like, and they'd be like, "Okay, now this this makes sense. I'll give it a try." You yeah. know, yeah. No, it's um, I think I think that's that's tough. But like I said, I the first time I saw the band, uh, I think you guys were on I, actually. Now I'm confused. I can't tell if this. Was, I think actually I saw him when Matt was still in the band with Killswitch. Then the first time you were in the band, I went to the show, but I think I missed you guys. And it was Machine Head, Hell Yeah, yeah. Nonpoint. Yeah, yeah. But I think I, I didn't. I didn't actually. I got there late. Yeah, because we played to early. The, we played to the monitors. On yeah, that tour, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of that. So that makes sense. But yeah. um, but it's it's crazy like going back and listening to the self titled because yeah. that is a. Now I'm listening to it because I remember hearing it, thinking like, I don't know, like like it kind of threw me off a little bit because I think stylistically, it's it's way more musically interesting mm-hmm. than um, the previous record, and it's like it's darker and it has a little more atmosphere to it. Yeah, but I was listening to it now and that shit is so sick. It's it's weird how like I even listened to it recently. I was, oh, especially when we were getting ready for the, the reunion show. And I was just like, man, what, what was I on, or what were we on? The, what was the band on at that time? Like, it was a seriously dark record, and it like, sounds really good. Like the yeah, production, yeah. and that's the thing I, I think that people don't really realize is that Barrier Dead working with Sukov on the previous record when they at the time, no, it was the first time a band like that mm-hmm. had really crisp. Um, kind of what you would think of as like a big time metal production. So it was yeah. like that hardcore crunchy sound, but you know, for, or I'd say like that was polished, a style, yeah. but it was presented like it was a machine head record exactly, yeah. or something like that. So it, it really kind of changed the game and brought a lot of kids who were not into that style into it because it, it, it felt more of a slipknot or a machine head than it I did agree. of you know, some like more underground, un- yeah. underground shit. Yeah. Um, and kind of speaking to that, 
What, for you, what was it like working with, with Sue God, it was so awesome. It was yeah. like, for me, I was so excited because I'd only heard of him. And uh, I'd, and I'd never been on like a label who, that was going to pay for a, a full And that was still pay. Victory? Yeah, Victory. It was, yeah. The, it was the first Victory release that we did. So they, we had a budget and that was sick. And like, they, we flew, they flew us down to Orlando. We got to stay at Jason's house for a couple of weeks. And I just, it was sick because I got to just live in the studio and just be there and watch it get created. And just, I learned so much. And working with him was like how I really learned to be like a metal vocalist. Yeah. He really, he really whooped my Why do you say that? What, what, what with, makes it a metal vocalist as opposed to a, a hardcore vocalist? Uh, I guess it's just like the delivery. Like it's, every, sometimes people just think it's just screaming, but there's, yeah. you got to like a, a tonal scream or you yeah. got to, you know, and you, you like, pitch matching to scream and yeah. I learned how well, to do that he, with there's him. a lot of see me because I've, I've done a couple records with him yeah and I know all the stuff he's done yeah so there's a lot of Jasonisms yeah like this little there's like this one song it's like when it started die. yeah like that's so him that was his that's his idea sure. well that's him that's like that's what he you know yeah. that, you know and that's like you know to me like when I hear shit like that it reminds me of like testament yeah like shit like like just that where you're it's aggressive, but it has a key to mm -hmm. it. And you're bringing, because a lot of people don't realize that that's where the hook comes from. Like when you listen to a song like um, Walk by Pantera, yeah. people think they're just hearing a guy yell, mm -hmm. but there's a melody the whole time. Yeah. Can't you see how easily no bother by mm -hmm. persistence? All those little note, those are note shifts yeah. that, but when someone's doing it really aggressively, it's almost like they're, uh, you know, uh, they're like sneaking it in, yeah. you know, yeah. like a Trojan horse yep. of, of putting the melody within a really uh, powerful, rough delivery. And I think that's where uh, he definitely taught me how to do that. Cause I've always thought like, oh, it would be so sick if you could like scream and sing at the same time. But I, I you know, I just never, a had the confidence to try. Well, it. you kind of were doing it without realizing because what a lot of what a lot of screamers do, like you have kind of like the uh, uh, more where it's like a growl, yeah. Like so, look like, like Trevor from like Black Dahlia, where it's like more he's like in that shrill, yeah, yeah. It's like so that's a different thing as opposed to people like like Jamie Joster, like Max Cavalera, who are actually yellers, yeah. They're yelling, so there's actually always a pitch kind of there, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. You're right. So, yeah. but what he, I think what he, and I feel like I'm like telling you about yourself. No, you know? I mean, it's cool. It's like, you know, it's, I don't really ever, you know, I never get to talk to anyone about that. And it's yeah. cool, like, to nerd out about so I don't Well, I, okay. I was just during that time because I feel like, you know, a lot of us young, when you're young and you're into extreme music, you, I've had a period where I was just like, I only wanted the hardest shit ever. Yeah. And you like almost lose taste for singing for, yeah. for a minute. Yeah. And that's what happened. And I kind of got back into it. But I, I noticed that the bands that were mostly screaming or mostly aggressive vocals, there were certain things I liked about certain certain singers that made me want to listen to their music. Right. Even if it wasn't melodic. Right. You know, so right. I'm, I'm just really into that. And I think it's also too, like, God forbid, being an aggressive band, you're also like, okay, this band, they don't sing at all, but they're really successful. What is it about their vocal yeah. style that is appealing? Or maybe, because we were always come from that idea that, oh, if you scream, you're just going to turn off a certain amount of people, which I think is relatively still true. But there are, there are degrees. Like, Lamb of God is like, 
one of the biggest bands in the world and they just started singing a little bit yeah but that's they got big screaming basically, yeah right you know? right so i don't know i i i do nerd out on that shit so I, yeah how how has that been received do you do you think the land without singing yeah um you know i i i can't speak for their their audience but i think it's still sparse yeah so um you know i i think the the thing that was kind of cool is the song they actually <laughs> mainly did it on. Mm-hmm. You know, the song gets really crazy yeah. in the in the midsection, so okay. it's still like, you know, Lamb of God is they've just been really smart about doing what they do, but then being able to branch out slightly in, right. these, in these in these little ways because I, but I don't think they're ever going to be a band where they're just, hey man, we're just singing all the time. Yeah, I don't but know. I know I did an interview with Randy for VH1. And, you know, and just talking to him, he's just, I think he, you know, talking to him, he was just bored, just screaming all the time, doing one kind. And he does it so, it's fucked yeah, up because yeah, so the funny thing about, about Randy is it's like, it's easy for him yeah, to do so like his, effortless. and you, you just, you just hear him on the mic. And you're like, fuck. Yep. Like he, and he's like a skinny dude. Like, you're like, I don't know where the fuck where that, is that comes from. Where's that coming from, yeah. dude? Um, and so I, one thing that's actually really cool. Have you heard the Burn the Priest uh, covers record? I haven't. So you should check that out. Yeah. I think that's really cool about that is Randy does not do a ton of straightforward screaming. Okay. He really because they're covering like Bad Brains and Quicksand oh. and Ministry, and he does a and he kind of plays around with different vocal styles. So it's cool to actually hear him um, try different things, and I'm hoping a lot of that is represented because I think we tend to look at things in terms of like, oh, I'm singing and I'm screaming. <clears throat> but the truth is there's like a million things sure. in between that and him kind of getting to um, filter that through some of his favorite bands, you know, uh, I think it's cool. Just like, cause he's really a punk guy. Yeah. And it's cool to kind of hear him do like punk style vocals. Yeah. Cause you can still, even though he's doing it, you can still hear like his voice. You know, like his speaking voice and like that style. I don't know. I just yeah. think it's cool. And I think people, you have a fan base to yeah. satiate, but you still have to keep yourself interested. Only reason I asked, I haven't heard the song that you said they're singing in. So that's why I was like, how did, how, from yeah, your, it's called from your take, Overlord. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then there's a, they did like a, I don't know if it was a B-side. They did like an EP called The Duke. And okay. I think he does some singing on that as well. I mean, I'd be, I'm curious. That but sounds it's like, sick. I but mean, it's, him, it's him singing. So it, him, well, it's, it's like anything else, man. You try something and you feel good about it. But, you know, maybe it's not perfect. And the next time you get better and better. And, yeah. and then now now sudden you're like a painter and you got more colors sure. to kind of to kind of paint with. I mean, there. we went through that with Barrier Day. They, they, they roasted us. So that's, oh, so that's, so that's the next <laughs> thing I actually wanted, wanted to talk about. So <coughs> this, there's some singing parts on self-title, but that's slim, right? No, that's me. It's you. Yeah, okay. It's me. But it's only like at a couple spots, right? Yeah. There's a well, there's a part where Slim does at the on the last song he does the harmony in like the uh in like the last chorus. Yeah. But other than that, that's all that's all me. But then on Cash, I was listening to that and maybe I didn't listen to the whole rec- record so I didn't get to hear it. But w- were you really singing singing before that? No, no. See, wh- wh- where I came from, man. If you were singing in the band, it was like, oh. Yeah, but here's the thing, you though. Go put some makeup but on. But you also, like, you you black, too. So yeah, all, yeah. basically, it's like all, all black people basically think they can rap, yeah. sing, 
play basketball yeah. or box. Well, I cannot <laughs> rap. I can definitely tell you my my bars is. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. You got the motherfucker comes in, hits yeah. the bars, and you, and you the brother comes and do the hook. Yeah, I can dig that. Get that smooth R and B motherfucker that's, over there yeah. and get this hook. Pull him in here. Get him in here. So you didn't. So what was the experimentation process of uh, developing a, a more uh, traditional singing voice? Honestly, it was working with Jason and starting on that record, man. Yeah. We, like, they were just like, I don't even know how. They were just, we were just working and I was just messing around in the studio like, oh, try that. And it just kind of came out that I could kind of sing. And then so they kind of just pushed on that. And then I remember like the record kind of took like a little bit of a turn. They were like, oh, we should try this now. Yeah. Because now that we know that you can sing. And in my head, I'm thinking, man, this is gonna be some wank shit, man. Why trying to sing, man? <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm in Barrier Dead now, so I'm just going. I'm gonna go along with it, yeah. you know, and try it. And their their thing was just like, if it's cool, we use it. If it sucks, we don't. And it just came out cool, and that kind of gave me some confidence. Plus, I was like, oh shit, I can do this. I can yeah. sing like this, and it's it's actually okay. And like we were stoked when like when that came out, like. Before it came, went to the public, we were like, this is going to change the game, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I mean, it kind of, you know, but it, the response wasn't as changed the game as I thought it was going to be, put it that well, way. Well, I, th I think, and I've, I've said this on the, on the podcast before, I forget who I was talking to, but, uh, you know, I think those records, even going, even going back to, you know, to me, it's like really, you know, Beauty and the Breakdown all the way to th nothing is personal, like... The effect of those, because what what happened, I think what happened was you were. It was a period of time where there was a backlash mm -hmm. against bands kind of kill switchifying their oh, sound, yeah. and yeah. like that, there was this kind of trajectory of, hey, we come out and we're heavy and we're extreme, and then as the band gets bigger, the band kind of mellows out, starts adding clean vocals, and you know, and listen, God forbid, was one of those bands, um, and you can look at it from a lot of angles of like whether you think it's contrived or you know that it wasn't but the truth is we we wanted music with melody in it and we would have been not happy with just screaming, just screaming you yeah. know yeah. that was for us and listen i don't think you know i don't think there was one great singer and god forbid we had a few guys all of us could sing well enough to to do it and i think that's probably has some uh, effect in terms of how it's received you know but uh, you know, but anyway, so during that time, that kind of mid early mid two thousands, yeah, there was like a real scene versus blowing. Whereas now, I think every scene band wants to be. If you don't sing in your music, then yeah. it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, well, but I, but I think there's a direct thing of like we're come out, <clears throat> we're trying to blow up, yeah. and there's a plan, and everyone kind of no one looks at it like you're selling out or doing anything. But back then, it was like, oh. There's the metalcore scene over here, and if you're doing that, then you're trying to be new metal. You're, you're trying, trying to be mall, mall, yeah. mallcore, whatever yeah. it is. You're trying to go that route. Yeah. So, so there's always a a lot of um, backlash. And is that something you guys experienced on that record, yeah. or is it more of the next record? Oh, for sh both records, man. Yeah. Off the jump, off the rip. Like in person, <laughs> was it more like just people talking shit online? Just lamb go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was that's that's the thing. It's like people would talk a bunch of shit. And then they would come to the show and they'd be like, man, this is crazy. This is a lot of fun. And, you know. Yeah, like okay. how were the show, like how was the band doing? Like after that that self-titled came out, like did you notice 
was the shows getting bigger? I mean, obviously you guys are getting bigger opportunities to yeah. open for bands, but how about like headlining and stuff? Uh, well, we were just getting offered so much. Well, we definitely did a couple good headliners, but we were getting offered so much sick support that we were just kind of getting, uh, you know, the right exposure. I don't know. We were just playing to the right ear, so we were growing, and then we were getting on the radio stuff, and like you know, then we're doing like. The five finger tours, and then now there, then we're getting asked to go with Mudvayne, and we're going out with Static X, and like it was kind of where we were getting back to where the band was playing before, like before, right between right after Matt dropped out, I guess, because yeah. they were doing Ozfest and Family Values yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, there was a little bit of a lull when we now match this though. So, yeah. did you have that experience thing where okay, you're open up for Static X and Five Finger, yeah. and now the older fans are like. Well, fuck these guys. They're nah. they're on that shit. They still stuck around. Nah, they were fucking stoked. It was okay. crazy. Like that's where we really found. Like, I think where it it really cracked for us because you had these kids that no no one really knew who knew who we were, but we they had heard oh because they maybe they'd heard about Ozfest or maybe they heard about the Family Values to us like oh they kind of knew, but they're like Five Fingers hot right now. They're on tour with them for. Till the Lord comes back, it felt like we were on tour for so long with him. And then, so we're playing to these huge places. And a lot of those people who hadn't seen the band or thought the band had broken up were like, oh, we remember you, man. Oh, this is badass, man. And it's back on top. You yeah. Know, back, back to moving again. <laughs> so I want to talk about it's, not, it's nothing personal. Okay. And I was trying to make this point earlier. I don't think I, I fully completed my thought that I think those collection of records, because there was like that kind of backlash in the moment from at least the underground the real impact of the band was not felt in my opinion for years later like when you yeah. listen to like uh bring me the horizon upon a burning body uh asking alexandria like a lot of that those riff style which we all really everyone the real og is seven dust like that's yeah, like sure. low-key a lot of what we got a lot of the seven dust comments for yeah. Sure. yeah and you know a lot so a lot of that was seven dust but it was presented in a much different way it was a just a little bit heavier a little bit more angry mm -hmm. and that and, and so and and part of the reason why i i feel like i'm validated in this somewhat if you go on spotify is hurting not helping is by far <laughs> the biggest song it's like 3.5 million yeah. listens right yeah. and guess what spotify really didn't exist until after the record came out way so and really after the to. band had more or less broken up so that tells you that people we're finding it on their own. Yeah. And it was developed. So, like, you look at God forbid, like, we don't even have, I think, a song that has a million plays. Really? Which tells you, like, about impact after the fact. Like, who's who's discovering your band after you're active? Yeah. And Bury a Dead, it seemed like it got more shine after the band went I away. Think so. so, but it's nothing personal, is my favorite band, album by the band. And it kind of like, you know, cause like Chris Kane from Battles is actually yeah. doing, doing some shows with Bury Your Dead right now. Know, yeah. But it, with Matt, and like, it's like no, no, like disrespect. And I like, those guys are great. And I'm so happy they're actually doing stuff. But it's like, if I was a, Barry, me being a Bury Dead fan, and I went to a show and I didn't get to hear any of the songs from those two records, I'd be like really bummed out. Yeah. Uh, cause like, I put that shit on today and I was trying to like listen to all your shit. And I didn't want to turn off the record cause every song. <laughs> Was just is like a hit.
And then it took me back. So the heroes was fucking crazy. All right. So that tour you guys did with uh, Nonpoint and Machine Head and, and hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I met my ex-girlfriend at the show. Wow. That show, right? Which one? The Which one, one in Allentown, PA. Oh, at Croc Rock? Croc Rock. Oh, gosh. And, uh, <laughs> and, I remember, and then all of a sudden the memory came back that she, I get, made her a copy of that CD and she, literally oh. it didn't leave her car. Burning copies. For six Shout out burning months. copies. Yo, straight up. It didn't leave her car for like six months. Yeah. Like she was like, and it just took me, you know, you listen to a song and it'll bring, a memory will fucking come back. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, because I just forgot how dope that record is. It's like, that's crazy. so that record, the band like took a big shift. Yeah. Now, and then you're singing on every song. Yeah. And so what, ha- like, and I felt like I loved it, but I did not feel like the, the work. Cause the thing is you guys like kind of broke up soon after that, right? Yeah. But it was like, that was just, I feel like the band, right. When we put out the second one, everyone kind of expected to, for it to be kind of crazy. Like, to, for us to t- take it that route. Yeah. So the fans that were already like into us, the uh, the radio crowd, I hate to use that, but you yeah. know. Mainstream metal mainstream, stuff. Yeah, that, they were kind of like stoked for it to come out. They I were, imagine. They, they were happy. And the hardcore fans at that time, we were just like, you know, you know, we can only see so many horseshoe hardcore pits. <laughs> you know, we, it's time for us to stop, move, keep it moving. I, I, it's you can only take so many people fighting invisible. Yeah, or just somebody throwing a trash can, or the show getting canceled. It was just like we were getting these kind of opportunities for us, just being ourselves and being more creative. And people were having a hard time hanging on to that. So why should we hang? Why should we cater to that? Yeah, you know that's the kind of where we took it. Like for us, the jump really was kind of just like it was like the natural progression because we couldn't just go and make a. Hardcore record after you go after uh, self-titled, you know, yeah. you had to take it to the next level. Yeah, and you're so you're singing. All of a sudden, it's like this dude's got a voice. Yeah, like you right. can, like like you sound great. And I'm like, <clears throat> holy shit, where are this and the hooks are really well composed. And you did that with Shane. Yeah, Shane. So, so that was like and, a oh gosh, Robbie. Uh, what, what? Peter Rucho. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. Yeah, the talented guys. Talented guys. Dude, so sick, man. Yeah, but Shane, he was another person that really helped me with my vocals. And just just to make me comfortable, I think a big thing for me was just because every time we went into the studio, it wasn't like I could just trust that we we're going to just do it like we did it the last time. It was like, uh, we got something for you. We want you to try it like this. We know you can do this. Why don't you try this? And so I always was like kind of like nervous to go into the studio like i don't like what are you guys gonna try and get me to do because there was some stuff on the record that didn't really make it i was just like dude this is not gonna be cool we can't do this but then there's some stuff that you mean stuff that didn't that's not on the record yeah like just what, some what, what ideas was, it was too some, far it was just too you know there's yeah. some ideas yeah but you gotta just, sometimes you gotta go over the line to know what the line is yeah i mean i can say that we i, I explored it you know we went there and looked at it, it just didn't work so you know it's yeah. What was the what was the lineup of the band was um at that time? It was well w- when we were recording the record it was Towning. Yeah. Oh yeah, cuz Eric was Eric had left the band already. So it was Towning, Slim, Bubble, myself and Mark. Mark, okay. And then like halfway through the cycle then Bubble left and Kane came in. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, and how long, like, what was going on with the band? Actually, 
here's funny. So fucking actually Chris Kane told me the story and maybe you can corroborate it or okay. not. Uh-huh. That he, he said that basically an opportunity came up for them to do a tour with Matt or do a record with Matt or something. And that kind of like, and just the way that was handled. Yeah, it was just kind of, it was kind of just, uh, it was just kind of underhanded, I but, guess. But you think <clears throat> that, was that because the record wasn't received as well? The band wasn't doing well? No, nah, man, we were, the, that was quite the opposite, man. We were really just, we were really starting to kick it up a notch. Like, yeah. we were really, if we had kept on that path, because we were charting on radio, like, yeah. Like for at that time, there weren't really that many bands that that were as heavy as we were that were charting on radio. We did Headbangers Ball. We did all, you know for bands like us, that's sick. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think that uh, the band doing what the band did kind of like put the brakes on things and kind of like kind of just kind of derailed the band, honestly. Because uh, you know we were already the, on a clear path to keep it going. We all we had to do was just keep following the formula that we were already on. Yeah. Yeah. So so they they decided to try and maybe arrange some reunion tour or like an album whatever with the, with the original singer and uh and that just like got back to you and you were like fuck this. Yeah, it was just like you know and there's no there's no hate or anything like that. I mean, it's something that happened. I yeah, love yeah. to do it's just all love now, but back then it's just that's just the way it happened. Uh we were in we were in a sour deal. Um, with a guy that we owed money to. Was that Media Scare? Yeah, or? Media Scare, yeah. And uh, he's not really that well known for being, uh, well, whatever. Anyways, I'm not going to even talk about it. But um, so, yeah, we owed him money. He's like, if you do this record, uh, then. The Matt record? Yeah, if you do this record, then, you know, we'll. The dad will be gone, blah, 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 blah. So, so it, it was more like they were doing, like. It the, wasn't, well, it wasn't with Matt. It wasn't supposed to be with Matt. Gotcha. It was supposed to be. Just a very a, dead record. Gotcha. But he wanted it to sound like he wanted us to not do, not progress, not to put out a, a record that sounded like it's nothing personal. Why? He wanted us, he wanted, because he, he believed that the band was better as a hardcore band. Gotcha. And so he wanted us to do a hardcore record to cater to the hardcore fans to pay off a hardcore debt. And we, I was just like, this is fucking bullshit. I'm not, paying, I'm not, I'm not putting my name on this. I'm not gonna yeah. take steps back when. But they were the rest of the guys were kind of more into that. I think idea. that no, they just had. It was just kind of like, I think that their arms just got twisted. Like, yeah. And so it just that's the way it worked out. Like I was supposed to. We had because I have, I have the tracks. I have pre pro tracks from that record. Of the but same is it? Music. It's more hardcore style. It's more. No, more it's like, the same record, but just yeah, my style versus. And then there's some other ones that yeah. aren't you know, but. Uh, it just sounds it sounded different, um, and so when <clears throat> he was the president of the label wasn't stoked on that idea of me saying I'm not I'm not signing this contract. He's like, okay, we'll just get we'll go get get Matt, and then it kind of just took that route. Yeah, and then that's just kind of what happened. So, so what'd you, know. you do? What'd you do? You took your ball, and went home. <laughs> yeah, man, I took my I took my ball. It was pop. Somebody popped a hole in my ball, bro. <laughs> you had you had one shoe and yeah, a hole man, in took it. Took my whole shoe, man. I got I got beat up in the basketball court, man. I told myself I'm ever gonna ball again, man. I went home. You went back with your auntie and uncle. Yeah, I, mean, I went and stayed in my nana's house for like, man. It was wild. I, it was a, it was a really interesting time. Uh, I mean, well, so so this is those periods of time. That's why this show exists. It's, yeah, it's, it's the. What the what did what am I gonna do next? Whew, Did you yeah. know what you're gonna do? Hell no, dude. Well, at the time, I thought 
Yeah, I, I did. I had a good idea. Did you go back in the kitchen with the with the with the head fucking? Uh... No, not really, man. Because I was still gung ho about playing music full time. So, it, it kind of at the end of the the, the career with Barry Dead, because like it was like everyone was starting to do. Everyone wanted to be a solo artist and stuff like that. And uh, so I had this guy approach me, who was like a manager, <clears throat> or he's you know so he says or whatever, and uh, he. He's a family friend, or I don't know. I don't a know. Richmond guy. Yeah, Richmond dude. So he was he was in good with some people. Um, introduced me to uh, like D'Angelo, a couple of crazy like people in like the neo soul or in yeah. the jazz world, and I kicked it with them for like six seven months and just like did a bunch of records and. Uh, this is out while you're still on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, because I, I was living there for... Because I lived... After Bury Dead was done, I still lived in Richmond for, like, a good four or five years. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was out there. And um, so they had built it up in my head, like, that I could be a solo artist and to, like, maybe I should explore that avenue and to maybe explore... Because I always was into other music and I could sing and whatnot. So they were like, well, why don't we try to put your voice on some other like other kinds of stuff so we made some tracks i did an alicia keys cover uh did some i don't know i did just a couple stuff and, and it was under the mike terry name. just mike terry yeah, yeah. and did, it, did any stuff come out see light of day uh yeah but like on soundcloud and stuff yeah. like that uh it wasn't until I, I got i came out here where i did like an actual ep for my own like, yeah we're gonna get to that because okay. there's some shit that happened before that yeah yeah because uh because there was a band called iva <laughs> yeah uh-huh yeah so now I'm not trying to like get ahead of, of where, where you're talking about, but I, I remember hearing about this band, and actually I guess you, Chris Kane was in that band too. Yeah. So yeah. you were in. Where were you living for that? Uh, I moved out to Des Moines. Des Moines. Um, yeah, that was actually kind of crazy. Well, yeah, we could talk about because that's how that happened. Is kind of why I'm here right now. Yeah. Like why, why I even moved to California. So how did so 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 if you guys don't know, so the, this band Iva, I just remember hearing about it because I was obviously we were friends, so I would like you know see you post yeah. and shit and. Uh, and it's a it's a base it's like a kind of like almost alternative rock band yeah kind of like an indie rock like yeah. killers kind of vibe kind yeah of thing. and uh and i went i was i went to look because i was researching for this so i went and i found and i couldn't find any songs and the only place i found a song was actually on i went to the facebook page mm. and then i ever all the links like none none of it worked except for the the band camp for the record label, uh, and there was only one song in there, and the song was really good. It got me amped up, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I, I want to listen to this whole album. So I landed, I just bought the album from Bandcamp. Oh yeah, and it was really, it's been, no, it's funny. I'm playing it. My girl girlfriend's like, what is that? I like that. <laughs> hey, word up, that's sick. <laughs> so just to give you guys some some some, some background. Um, hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. 
Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. crazy time i got let down a bunch with the whole music thing in richmond didn't really I, the guys that i was putting my trust into kind of screwed me over it was a learning lesson blah 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 blah, blah. so fast forward to i think is it 2002 maybe not 2002 2012 i'm sorry excuse me uh and mitch lucker passed away and uh so they did a memorial show for mitch and me and Mitch were, I was the homie, man. I love, I love him so much. Um, so we did that show, and when I went out there, uh, on my the whole trip, if I felt like it was like the fates, man, because I was just like, I was really bummed on myself. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was super scared about going on to that to do that show because I just didn't think that anyone wanted to hear me. Because after I got kicked out of Barrier Day, like the comments that I read, I was just like, oh my god, I'm never getting on stage again. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah. So anyway, so I go out there, <clears throat> and on the trip, I'm I'm seated next to Randy Blythe, and uh, and Chad from uh, Mudvayne. And so I'm just like, well, this can't be so bad because I'm hanging out with these two dudes. I look up to them. I've already toured with Chad. We're cool. So we got to talking. I got to spend the whole weekend with them. And they just kind of pumped me back up to be like, hey, man, maybe you maybe you still got a little bit of fire left in you, man. That was yeah. a good performance, you know. Maybe you should, you know, you know, give it another shot. So Chad and I got to talking, and he was like, well, why don't you come out here, move out here, move out to where I'm out in L.A., come out here for a few months, and we'll do a record together. So I was like, fuck, man, I, you don't really get this kind of opportunity. But I was living in Virginia, so I was like, well, okay, 
what am I going to do? Like, if, like, I'm just going to go out there for a while. I'll give it a try. So, like, a week before I'm supposed to go out there, uh, I get a call. Chad's like, yo, man, hell yeah, I got these tours coming up. So, I can't, we ain't going to be able to work, man. So, yeah. I'll catch up with you in three months. But meanwhile, I already canceled the lease with my apartment, with my girl, canceled my job. Like, I'm, I'm about to be out. I'm about to move to California. So, Kay hits me up, like, two days after this call. I'm just, like, I'm stressed. What the fuck am I going to do? And then Kay hits me up. He's like, yo, man, what's up, man? What you been doing, bro? <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, fuck, that's okay. I was like, man, I was about to move out to L.A., man. I was supposed to go work on this project and, like, do some stuff with Chad, blah, 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 blah. And uh, he's like, well, man, funny you should mention that, man. Me and Griff, uh, we got some songs, and, uh, you know, maybe you should just come out here and maybe sing and see what's up. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I, need, I, I needed a plan. I had to figure yeah. something out. So I was like, all right, I'm on the way. So three weeks later, I packed all my shit up. You know, and like, I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I have no idea. Like, it was just this thing where I felt like I had to go. Yeah. And so I went, went to, I went to Des Moines. We did that album. I lived there for like three or four months. And then Kane had this, this bright idea that he wanted us to come out to California. And I didn't really want to come out here. And then he was, why yeah. not? Dude, I don't know, man. I just, I had never envisioned myself being a California dude. I just, I wanted to live in Richmond. And just be Richmond, man. <laughs> 804 to the death. You got any Richmond tattoos? Uh, um, oh, oh, man. Come nah, on. Nah, nah. I got, oh, I, most of them I got tattooed in Richmond, so. Oh, okay. That's yeah. not the same. Yeah. You got to have RVA, RVA across your forehead. <laughs> 804 on your knuckles, man. Uh, you Come know on. What? Man, I probably should get an 804 <laughs> tattoo, man. I'm, I'm faking the funk. <laughs> um, so, Kane mm -hmm. is. It's his fault. Isn't that, by the way, isn't it funny? And one thing I kind of noticed about this show, especially like talking about dudes just been, who've done a lot of shit over a long period of time, is that it's kind of like, it's weird that the people, the same people yeah. end up affecting your life long periods of time apart. Yeah. Like it's fucking weird. And it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to end up in a band with them or doing something, but it's like, it's just weird how the connections you make early on for sure man kind of come back around in these circles. i got a story for this so one time i'm super young and there's this band called god forbid that played the alley cats and i was like the first time because i had never seen what you guys look like online at all yeah. and so when i found out y'all was black i was like <laughs> what the <laughs> my mind was, was like, no there were no black people in metal as far as i was concerned i didn't know about seven dust because i was just like i was in a very small like, I just didn't know very much. So I come go to the show and like, I forget who, I, I think I was talking to the drummer and I was like, man. Was that was, the show we did with Chimera? Yeah, man, yeah. And I was just, I was super fan. I was so stoked. And I could tell that I was punishing, but I was young, I didn't know that I, I was punishing, but you guys were so nice to me. And it was like, man, this super dap and just let me stand on stage. And like, I got to watch like, you guys just rip it to a real room. Like, that was like, that so was like one here's of my first memories. was on that show. It was All That Remains, yep. Trivium, on yeah. their first tour. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And this band, Scars of Tomorrow. And it was our tour, but that we just did this one show with, with Kamira. And I remember, this is a great fucking line from, I probably mentioned this on the podcast, but I'm going to say it again because it's fucking hilarious. Right. <laughs> fucking Mark Hunter is watching Trivium for the first time. <laughs> he goes, here's he goes, he, he he's talking about Matt Heafy. He goes, he goes, Lou Diamond Hetfield. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and I was like, 
That is the that's, like, it, it's, that's true. It looks. I'm exactly like, yo, that's like a, that's pretty good. And that, to this day, he will always be Lou Diamond Headfield. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but anyway, that that show, yeah, that was yeah. A, that was a stack. That was the entire fucking new wave American heavy metal on one fucking show. Yeah, but so that way, I still think there was maybe like 150 people. <laughs> but to me, that was like that was I had never seen it rock like that, and like. And I, I mean, I, I, I studied you guys. I was I would find your music on Winamp, like Napster. Winamp? Like, we were on Win, Winamp? Yeah, man. Like, yeah, dude. So, like, so to go from that and then just, like, throughout the my career, like, you've always, like, come in contact. We've, like, kind of come to know each other. And then now it's, like, even now sitting here having this conversation. Well, it's, truth be told, for me, it's a personal mission for me to be friends with every black dude in metal. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> Or a black woman or anyone. Anybody. anybody. It's just understand, like, yeah. we're, you know, it, 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 you know, we have to reach out. Uh, unless, you know, there are some people, and I don't know if you know any of these people, but apparently there's an affliction that goes on. It's like, have you ever seen that movie, Not Another Teen Movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a scene where you have the one black dude who's from Cosby Show. He's the He's like the one, he's the token black dude, right? Of course. And then... The dude from uh, what was that last Save the Last Dance, or whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, he comes to the party, and he's like, "Hey, man, don't you know I'm supposed to be the only black dude at this party?" Oh, and he's yeah. like, "Oh man, my bad." And he fucking leaves. Obviously, yeah. it's a joke. But there's apparently, a- there's an affliction within the metal community. You have some dudes who are <laughs> used to only being the only black dude around, and when they see another motherfucker with some melanin they get yeah. they feel like you're on their corner so you want to roost you guys only there's only room for one around here yeah i've you know this has come to my attention recently yeah. i can't i can't talk about who it was told it was we'll someone leave it alone we'll leave it, we'll leave have, it you, have you have you heard about this yeah i've experienced it early i experienced it early on uh in the richmond scene there was like a dude who was who ended up we are now we're pretty good friends but at first he didn't he, he won't fuck with me he's like i'm special yeah he's like i'm the only one i'm the chosen and he, one he was i mean everybody wanted to be well there was see but i feel like back in the day you would have like these little scenes and they and if there was a black dude in the scene they, if his name was tony that was black tony yeah they would oh, just yeah yeah like oh. there was a dude <laughs> there's a there was a dude who played a bass in a band punishment mm-hmm. from philly and it's black mike yeah you know what i'm saying yeah yep, yep. mo- yo that motherfucker would dance hard yeah, too he was that dude was scary man i love i love i don't know man what I need, happened here? i don't know i need well first i need to get joe hardcore on this podcast because that, that would be fucking great anyway that would yep, like a he three- and i almost got into a fight at the cashier show at oh, the church i wouldn't want to fight him nah man i was like man i'm about to get well one here's the thing about joe hardcore he looks like he's been in a lot of fights one and Definitely. two if shit goes down i feel like motherfuckers would be coming out like the, the rafters like the ninja turtles yeah man it was on a tour with black cassius was on tour of black my heart and something that happened one of the, the drummer in my bed did something dumb some water got thrown stupid hardcore some beef something happened yeah. while we're playing Next thing you know, joke hardcore's in my face. I'm just like, man. Was Black Mike there? Fuck he's, your, he's in the back, spin kicking. Was, okay. <laughs> he, was, he had to choose between his race and, and his set. He chose his set. The set. Chose oh, his set. I've seen that. Real motherfuckers will ride with their crew. They don't give a damn. They don't care. Hey, what? That's right. That's 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 all everything. Yo, shout out to Joe Hardcore. Yeah, man, for sure. Hopefully, it's all love. I'm yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, no yeah. Beef at all. Shout out. I, lo- I love some Joe Hardcore. Like I said, I definitely want to get him on the podcast. I, I Dude, gotta, he's probably a well of information. That's what I'm saying. It'll be like a three hour epic. Yeah, for we're, sure. We're talking about everything if I yeah. if I get him on here. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so apparently there's a, a thing. Do we need a name for that? Like what, the one, what, like the the territorial token black guy. Yeah, there needs, there needs to be a name for that. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy that that. It, you know, after it, after a while, like once by being in bands and stuff like that and getting some kind of popularity, I felt it go away. It was like, oh, it's, it's, that didn't really exist. But when beforehand, it was like, nah, man, you can't be around here. Not like that. So you know, I found something on the internet. Okay. Um, so I found so like this is <laughs> like I said. Sometimes I, I do research for the show. Sometimes I, saying, I don't oh, do anything. Shit, hold up. And uh, so you you did a post on my sp- no no this is on Twitter. Oh no, this is a Twitter. You said. 2013. Oh, hold up. <laughs> Still possible to get called a nigger. Oh, yeah. Hard R out oh, loud yeah. and meaning it. In real life, it's cool, though. <laughs> I feel bad for people who have to stoop that low. I sold out Straight Edge with the drummer of Pantera, and he called me a nigger and kissed me on the cheek. <laughs> 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 I never really get on my soapbox, but uh, fuck. I was en- on it then. Enough is enough. Man. Why you got to be so fucking hateful? Why, I don't think you're talking about... Are you, you're not talking about Vinnie Paul, right? No, you're talking about some, no. some dude... You said, was, you, yeah. said, you said, you said, you said, you said, two was, out of every five messages on MySpace every day read something like this. Get your monkey nigger ass off stage back in the jungle where you belong. You suck. Get out of metal. Bring the white guy back. Oh, yeah. And you go, imagine being 24 in Europe on tour, only black dude on earth, alone in my bunk reading that. Following my heart, getting hated on all the way. I mean, it keeps it keeps going. Yeah, it gets pretty. It's pretty bad. I'm surprised that you found that. That's crazy. I'm surprised I found it because I don't even remember this. Ah <laughs> oh, man, but it's like my Twitter, man. It's well, it's because well, I had I had uh, Josh Travis mm. on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, he you know he told me some of his his horror stories. Yeah, and it's um, it's so funny because I, I think we're in like this. Like we're in a much more polarized environment now than even we were back then. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Because you have people living in two worlds, right? Like you have people, kind of like on the you know, not to get too political with it, but basically you have woke Black Lives Matter motherfuckers who see racism everywhere, right? It's like, yo, this motherfucker looked at me Literally. at fucking the mall. Racism. Yeah, it's like <laughs> right. So, and then you have like people who are more on the right. Like you, you have people who just literally will say, I have. I, I believe racism is over. There's, there's, I have no one has ever said anything to me. And the thing is, obviously, both can't be true. Right. It's usually, usually, probably somewhere in the in the middle. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, I don't know. It, it's in some ways, it's sad. Or actually, no, it's just sad. Actually, now that now that now that, yeah, now, yeah. Now that I think about it, but is that something you feel like? That's less of a factor now, right? Yeah, now it's not so much a factor at all. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I feel like now people are just, they're more way more respectful. Like, it's just about the music. It's not about, like, you know, the different things, different differences, I guess you would call them. Because, uh, you know, it wasn't always acceptable to be, you know, different and and it's weird to be the metal community or the hardcore community which was founded on or which was supposed to be prided on being different and having a place for the weirdos to go the people who felt outcast to go but then you if you were gay you weren't really accepted or if you were black you kind of looked down on or any of that kind of stuff you well, know here's the thing I mean? all, all these little communities people are like this is where the different people go. Yeah. No, it's not. Nah. It's for people to go be the same together. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yo, we'll we'll take yeah. our differences, like, you know. Yeah, the things that we, our little our yeah. little things that we all uh subscribe to, we'll take that, we'll go to here. We'll and then this, all be this. this. Yeah, and this. then all have a uniformity, whether it be 
you know, and I think that's true of purism in any, whether sure. it's punk purism or hardcore purism or metal elitism or any, you know, that elitist mentality of this is kind of the way something has to be. But the truth is our, the scene we came up in and kind of had a part in changing was that we were taking things from all over and putting it together. Yeah. And it was kind of just by virtue of that, it was a fucking abomination. Like that's what it was. It was a fucking, sure. we were a mutt band of yeah. like racially. We were mutts musically. We were mutts. Yeah. We you know, the whole thing was just a fucking Frankenstein. You know what I'm saying? You had one, fucking long arm one fucking baby arm yeah. a fucking Frankenstein yeah. head and I think that was the, the shock value of that conglomeration is what people what got people into it I mean like I think that that's what made it acceptable was like seeing bands like God forbid like seeing oh wait you mean that white dudes and black dudes can play metal together and this and that and it's lit and it goes over well like I think that when people started to see bands like that started to happen I feel like it, it started to change you well, I, listen, I've heard that a lot, you know, whether it's yeah. talking to Josh or talking to, you know, Tosin and, yeah. and shit like that. And hopefully, you know, there there is some impact. I think people tend, listen, I'm on that same wavelength where I get, like I said, I get annoyed. Like, well, Oscar's so white. It's like, well, you, you yeah. worry about Oscars? That's yeah. that's the problem? That's the yeah, thing that's literally. holding you back? Yeah. Didn't get an Oscar? You know what I'm saying? Fucking, you know, Al Pacino didn't get an Oscar too. He's 73 years old, motherfucker. Like, yeah calm down like i'm i'm not about like the little bullshit um but i do think even with that said you know my little i do think <laughs> representation still matters of like course. even with this show for example for sure. like, sometimes i'll go and i'm like damn man i've spoken to 20 white dudes in a row and it's not wrong white dudes i'm half white dude yeah um but and and, and the truth be told heavy metal is mostly white. white dudes yeah, like that's sure. what it is so it's just by virtue of who is there that's mostly who's going to be around but it's still important for me to get different perspectives because yeah, yeah. people because you know our identity has a lot to do with how our life experience is and and i just want different perspectives you know mm -hmm. it's, it's important to me and i think it's it's cool I, that's why i enjoy about the podcast is that you do have so many different point of views from different backgrounds and it's just like it makes it super interesting like because there's things that i want to know that how it is someone else's come up was or if it, and if it was anything like mine so you know it's kind of it's kind of uh refreshing to know that someone had it just as shitty as me or you know or just as well or just went through some of the kind of things that i went through so i don't feel like i would just it was just all me you know what yeah. i mean so Right on, right on. Well, yeah. that was that was a nice tangent. You know what I'm saying? We solved. Here's what I love solving racism. Hey, we did man, that. We did that. You, you know, know, you and me, bro. We we, we pointed out that fucking <laughs> that hater. You know, yeah. fucking making us leave the party. Um, yeah, man. I, and I'm not leaving the party. I like the party too stay much. At the party. So I'm I'm chilling. So you end up in L. A. Mm -hmm. All right, and you move to L. A. With Chris. Yeah. To uh -huh. do Iva. Yeah. Well, yeah. We were coming here to shop the Iva record. Yeah. And what was so like? I mean, listen, I moved to L.A. without much of a plan either. And Bro. What was it? But you didn't. Hold on. We. I feel like we're, we're talking. <clears throat> Ash Avildsen have yeah. something to do with you trying to get you to become a wrestler? Oh, shit. Yeah. We got to talk about this yeah, shit. Yeah, man. I was about to. I was. I was <laughs> swole. Yeah, man. Uh, so before before the other thing, when I was working, just doing my solo stuff. And I had another band, uh, so it was like a solo band, and then I did, had a band called The Silent Age. And that was kind of like, a lot, that was like what I've morphed into. That's what I was 
that's what I had kind of envisioned Iva to be was what the silent age was. So um this is all while you're in LA. No, this is while I was in Richmond still. Gotcha. So this is this is pre Iva, this is everything. So I'm in I'm in Virginia. Uh, and I'm just making music. I'm recording stuff on my own, doing my solo stuff. And then uh, I get a call from Ash, and he's like, I got this opportunity, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and so whenever Ash called, you know, Ash calls, I'm going to pick it up, you know? It's just like, oh, shit, it's Ash. I was, oh, my God, he's going to call. He's going to fucking stop me. It's this, it's this. I've always had a super respect for him. Honestly, I, cra- I mean... He's the reason why I got in Bear Your Dead for real, low key. So shout out Ash. Oh uh, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. It was. I mean, honestly, Ash is the one who kind of groomed groomed me to be a singer. Like, because at the time when Cassius was really getting it popping, uh, I was super overweight. I just looked like shit, man. Like, I, and I I get winded on stage, and he's just like, the band is sick, but you just gotta pull it together, man. Like. <laughs> My guy, like it's you, called cucumbers. You gotta you do something, man. But you know, and I was, I was two sixty. I was a big dude. I can't it's hard to imagine because you seem to have like I'm a naturally more, thin frame. It was under there, man. I was just, it was just under a lot of Chinese buffets and yeah. Hostess cupcakes. Man. So you earned, you earned your two sixty. Oh yeah, I put that work in. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, it was a dark time, man. Damn. Two thousands was a rough time, but yeah. So Ash got me into Ash got me into Barrier Dead. That was, that was a sick thing. That, um, that then, then once that broke off, we lost contact, and then he started calling me back again. He had this other thing that he wanted me to do. Last thing I did for him was super successful. So I say, "Fucking man, let's give it a shot. We going to California." I get out to California, and it's me and Lorenzo and Antonucci, and we're in a hotel room for like three months out in Burbank. And he's like, "We're gonna be restless." And I'm just thinking in my head, "Yo, if he's gonna have me wrestling Aunt, uh, Lorenzo." I'm in trouble because <laughs> Lorenzo was huge back then, dude, and he was a he was a he was a maniac. So, yeah. so we're wrestling, and so they took us to this uh, training camp. Called now, it, what, when is it this in relation to you? This is ultimately like, ending up in LA. This is before that. This is before this. This oh, is you like done skipped over some shit. That's why I can't let you tell the story. Oh, I gotta come in and so cut in. After I got kicked out of Barrier Dead, there was the lull period where I get, like I just I was. Fell off the map. I like how motherfuckers just conveniently f- leave out the part where they went to go become a wrestler in California with, with Lorenzo. <laughs> well, that wasn't necessarily my intention. That was just kind of like, that was like the byproduct of really what I really wanted to have happen was just to have Ash listen to my records. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> that was my, my plan was. <laughs> I'm going to sneak in. Yeah. I'm going to pretend to be a wrestler. Yeah, and then that was that was it. I was going to be a wrestler. So it was just you two. What did you say it was one more dude, though? Uh, it was me, Lorenzo, and uh, it was like Eddie Hermida or some shit. No, um, actually, it was two more dudes. Uh, gosh, I'm I'm spacing his name. When's the plague, John? Yeah, uh, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. Johnny from Winds of Plague, and Tim Lambesis. Oh wow! We were all we were gonna squad up. We was gonna be the wrestling squad. So yeah, we went to we trained out there for like a couple months, and then I went home because I was just like, man, like you're getting ass whooped. I was getting destroyed, bro. <laughs> I was getting fucked Everyone's up. not built for that shit, man. No, that shit hurts, bro. Yeah. Taking bumps on the on the mat, getting thrown off shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm too beautiful for that shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> you remember what was that uh Rick Rude? Yeah. They would come out there. <laughs> yeah, dude. All you fat, ugly, man. no good. And we were and like it was cool because we got I got to wrestle with like Gangrel, Rashiki, and like all these huge ass like pro wrestlers. 
But they weren't showing no mercy, man. And yeah. They was really putting the business well, it's on not, us. I mean, one thing I know is, like, you look at Jericho, like, he's not the biggest dude. Like, he's stocky, but he's not, you yeah. know, he's not, what is he, like, six feet tall or something? He's not, like, the biggest yeah. dude. He might not even be that tall. He's just solid. Yeah, just... he's solid, but, you know, he's, I think it's more about the skill set. And especially if you're not, like, that's not your thing. It's not yeah. your dream. Yeah, it wasn't, it was like, it was kind of hit me out of left field. Like, I, you know, I, I'm cool with wrestling, but. I'm not a wrestler, man. Yeah. Like, so I'm how, how, back. how long did you last? Like two months, three two months. months, something like Were that. Were you the first one to quit? I think I was. Yeah, yeah. Lorenzo so, stuck with it for a hot minute. He yeah, was like, he doing was hard go- match. He was going off. Like, yeah, the main event. I guess still got to get one of them t-shirts. That shit is sick, dude. Yeah, I mean, he's he's he is a wrestler. He could be. He's he's made for that. Yeah, like I couldn't like sell myself in the ring. Like, I don't. You know, like, I just I yeah. couldn't do it. Like. Yeah, I would be the good to get beat up if you want to see somebody get thrown around. <laughs> <laughs> you're like that guy in the in the action movie that just what's that motherfucker looks like Fu Manchu. He was in um like Lethal Weapon. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Like you're just that dude. Like you come in and you you show good and you just do get, a bunch of shit and just one hit and I'm just roasted. Get, get canceled. Yeah, yeah, just immediately. Okay. So yeah, I, I had a I, you know. So so what we're talking about is your second stint in California, mm-hmm. not getting your ass whooped. Yeah, no, this was a less painful one, physically, <laughs> not emotionally. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, no, that's the second time is when we came out to shop the record. Yeah, first time was the wrestling, power bomb somebody. Second time was for the for the music, but yeah. So you were, it was uh, you said you uh, with the Silent Age. Mm-hmm. And then, then, uh, then what, man? Come on, motherfucker. So, yeah, Give me so, the goods. So, yeah. So, Silent Age, <laughs> that was doing its thing. That didn't really go anywhere. That, that just fell apart. We did a couple tours that were just trash. That were like, you know, they were just local, sh- local shit that didn't go anywhere. And then the Mitch stuff happened. And then, that, then I was on to moving to Iowa. And then we did the record there in Iowa and then went to, uh, went to California. And that was... It really isn't. It don't don't. That's pretty much it. That was like the time period. So is this? So that? So you basically moved to California about a year before I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This the second time because you were there in what 2013. That's when. Yeah, July 2013 is when. I so moved. you were already out here, and so when I moved here in 2014, we linked up, yeah. and you were all about your new solo shit, like mm-hmm. kind of R and B stuff. Yeah. Um, which I. I ride it. I still listen to that shit. Hey, thank you, man. You I'm actually I'm working on a new record right now. That's that's what's up. Bro. 
I really enjoyed it. So I, when I first went out to LA, I went to go see Mike play with his his new solo band on the top of this hotel. Oh yeah, you know this motherfucker's wearing a suit. That's right. You, you came know? to that. He was looking that. fly, yeah. and all there was a bunch of fly women around there. Yeah, it was crazy, bro. And I was like, you know, and I went down. He was living downtown in a bungalow. <laughs> you know, we go out. We go out to the club. You know. This motherfucker was the mayor. They, everyone knew Mike. You know, he's, he's you know slapping five and fucking giving daps with everyone at the door. <laughs> he just he knows the motherfucker. They walking through the back, you know, getting yeah. us free drinks. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was good times. We yeah, had some, we we had some we fun. Had, we had we had a jam. But no, I like, I I thought the the songs were were really amazing, um, but it didn't really launch. Yeah. No, just uh, I I feel like it just. It was at a point which, and I feel like this has happened a lot in my career. It's just like right when it was at the place where it was becoming finished, because it took a long time to get to the finish point. It didn't have the final push to actually get pushed out into yeah. the world. So I think it just, I kind of did what like the Cassius thing did. It got like a like a, a small release, but they didn't take years until people started to catch on to it, or you know, or even know about it. You know, so yeah. I think like now, if even like now, the numbers are even more because people, when people go and look, it's just like I guess that's what naturally happens. I guess. Yeah, yeah, but I hear some of those songs. You know what I'm gonna do? I was thinking about this because you have all this material in this long career, um, and usually, like, I'll have a I'll have an interview and I'll just play like one song. Yeah, like a, whatever's recent by the artist. But what I think I'm gonna do with this is I'm gonna play <laughs> all like I'll play like a minute. Okay. Of each one of your jits, like so that people know what we're talking about. Because one thing is just talk about it, but yeah. it's better to have like a, oh, here's what this fucking record sounded like, and this with this. So I think that's what I'm gonna do. Okay. But that's um, it, yeah. but no, but I just thought it made me kind of think about the pop world mm-hmm. that it's not even really about having a hit or having a great song. It's like just getting the machine behind you, right? Because to me, if I, I there's no reason why some of those songs to me shouldn't be on the radio or being like a Apple commercial or sure, be, yeah. you know, like, you know, so if that same song, it was like, oh, instead of you doing it, it was like, you know, Usher or some shit. Right. I still, I think. It would be the same, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it, it would, it would get a lot more shine on it. Yeah. You know, and it's sometimes it's not just about the material or the presentation. It's about just having that that machine behind yeah you. i agree because i mean even like in some of the places like when we took it on tour and like you would play it for the, just watching the people's response i mean that's a telltale sign yeah. you know like remember like we went to go see bad rabbits yeah right and how good they were Dude, and i hear yeah. their songs I'm like they got hits but it's not they're right. not getting that fucking yeah, launch exactly i feel like if they just had some they had a little bit whatever it is, who knows what a couple more yeses i guess oh i know what happened with bad rabbits i don't fucking bruno mars came in took their oh. sound and <laughs> He sure did that. Man. I'm, well, who knows? He did. Maybe it was producers or somebody. Whatever. Somebody had their hand on that. Yeah, and that's what I heard. That's what um, like that uh, Kanye record, um, Yeezus. People said that he that that sound he kind of jacked from Death Grips. Really? That that's just the sound of the of the record. I mean, a yeah. lot of people said that that's what was. I going can see on. that. I can see that. Um. But uh, but so so anyway, so this is about the time I, I moved to LA, mm-hmm. and so I'm gonna I'm gonna divulge some information a lot of people don't know. I'm a, I'm gonna say most people don't know. Okay, is that so? When Bad Wolves before it was called Bad Wolves, it was called Eye of Tongues, and Mike was the 
the vocalists yeah. for a minute. So yeah. there are songs, a handful of the songs that are literally like on the last battles record. Yeah. That there are versions of it with Mike singing. Uh which dude, is I want to hear those again, man. Dude, there are still so there there's some different shit on there. Like there's <clears> uh <throat> song Toast to the Ghost. Mm-hmm, yeah. There are these different refrains on the chorus that I still prefer your like the way you did. I don't know if that was like because you wrote it or or whatever. No, I, I, yeah. I didn't write it. I so, just... and but I guess Tommy didn't want to do it. So there's still things where I'm like I still miss that uh, yeah. version of it. Yeah. In in, in 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 certain respects, um, but uh, but the thing is that was actually before I was in the band. Right. So I was like more just hearing, hearing like the stuff as as it was coming together yeah and for me it was you know because basically what happened was i wasn't in the band but me and john were hanging all the time and he always be showing me like oh check this out and, and the thing with a lot of that material was i probably heard three or four different singers on that shit because john was like struggling yeah to I, find yeah i remember that a yeah. singer for, for the band and a lot of the singers he was getting was more kind of like traditionally gent you know where it's like if you listen to like uh, Periphery or Tesseract, like it's a lot of like higher pitch singers. Yeah. And so it seemed like he was kind of getting people like that. And I don't know if that's because he was looking for that or that's just, those are the people he liked. Um, but even though you ultimately did end up being the singer, the similarity, truth be told, is what made it work when you did it and also what makes it work when Tommy did, does it, is that it added more soul. Right. Like you and Tommy, yeah. that's what. Even though your voices don't sound similar, you can still hear that vibe in it, mm-hmm. and that makes when it. That's what actually makes the material sound unique. Yeah, I think it, it has to be. But it had to be like a. It has to be a thick, burly yeah. voice like that. Tinny, like like the gent sound that you were saying. It doesn't work. Like well, it, it not that it doesn't work. It's just that you just end up sounding like those bands. Yeah, for if you want to be, if you want to stand out on your own, yeah. that's what I mean. It yeah. just makes to me that was the thing that made it to i don't know made it commercial to me to my ears it made it a little because that that giving it that kind of that more soulful approach and a little thicker vocal sound uh i don't know it just because a lot of the riffs were real kind of like sexy and kind of like like with the grooves and stuff it just made it feel like oh i haven't heard anything like this when right. you kind of combine those things yeah. but but i think you know, even though Tommy ended up being the singer, when I first heard this shit, I was like, "Oh, that's that's the guy." Yeah, dude. You know? that, it would have been sick if it had worked out, man. It was that was a lot of fun tracking that, those songs for sure. Yeah, but you know, you know, like I said again, I don't like to speak for you, but uh, from what, according to John, basically what happened was while you were kind of because at this point with the Eye of Tongues, it was like demo time. Like yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't like up was and no, running. Yeah, it was no like band. We're gonna we got shows coming. We're gonna be doing yeah. this. Like it was like next because. Kane was on the road. I think he was. I he was telling me that you guys were talking. Like it was still very like in its infant infantile yeah, stage. Yeah, because I didn't join up until Tommy got yeah. got in in the band. But um, but I guess that was around the time that volumes hit mm-hmm. you up. Yeah, volumes hit hit me up, and uh, yeah, they were just like it was like a kind of like a right now. It was basically just it was like the right now thing versus. And I, at the time, I even thought that, I, well, I could do both. Like, it was never yeah. a thing like, oh, I don't want to do, you know, I have tongues at the time. It was just like, well, these guys asked me to do it. 
And you know what? I feel like I'm at a point right now where I want to try to do metal again because I'd sworn off being in a metal band after that. After what happened with Bury Your Dead, I was like, you know what? I'm straight on it. Yeah. And the solo stuff was starting to take off for me. I was touring on it. And, you know, I had a couple. I had a couple tours lined up that I'd already done. Two I had to cancel to to do the volume stuff. So it was just like I was already content. I had found my found my way, I guess. And then the volumes thing came, and I'd always been a fan of volumes, and so I was just like, well, let's just let's see what's up. And the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that uh that album, uh, Different Animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fucking really good, man. Thank you, man. I I remember I didn't I didn't listen to it right when it came out. I just heard like a couple of songs. I went through it. I was like really, really impressed. Yeah. You know, Thank because you. I think, you know, me not being super familiar with with the band's previous material, mm-hmm. you know, like uh this song Infinite. Uh Finite. Finite, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. Finite and then Feel Good, it's like there's a real accessibility yeah. to that to that material. And, and me, like, I'm I'm all about the song. I'm all about the hook. Like, motherfuckers can riff and fucking do that shit all day, but I need something like... It's going to bring it on home. Sink, my, yeah. sink my, my teeth into it. And I think your vocal style, I just think, elevated the band. You thank know? you. Yeah, thank and you. I just want to, you know, truth be told, I just want to hear you sing all the time. <laughs> like, that's really, you know... Hell yeah, man. Thank you. <laughs> you know, but... um. You know, what's that experience been like? Because it seemed like that stuff, like if you look at the numbers online and uh, and that there, it did seem to penetrate and have like a real good effect for, for the band. Yeah, man. Honestly, it's it hit. It slapped, especially with Feels Good, man. It was like, I think that's the most, uh, pop, the most popular song that the band has done yeah. to date. So it was really good to be a part of that and to be, you know, to write on that. That was like... That was that's super cool, man. Something I've always wanted to have is like a song do super cool, like you know, yeah. super well. And everyone's like, "Man, play play the play the one, play that one." You know, yeah. it's like, you know, you know how that feels. That's, and are you involved like in the writing process with? Yeah, band? very much so. Uh, we we all write. Um, basically, it's this kind of thing where I write my parts, Gus writes his parts, or if we have like. Like say like we'll have like a, a a complete thought that we want to do and be like okay well I'll say it like this but then you come in and do your do this here and like well you know we work together on it but everybody has to you know write and pull their own uh, on on the records yeah right on well and you guys and there was another EP mm-hmm. that came out and now you said you have a new a new new record or that that was because you were telling me you had something new I don't know if that was the EP or this yeah is- well we just we put out coming clean earlier like a few months ago we had been sitting on those songs and we wanted to write a couple more and just put out new music because we hadn't put out anything after different animals has been out for I think for like almost three years I think so it, it was just time for us to do new music we didn't really want to tour because we just wanted to put more music out and then put a put an EP out play a couple shows and then uh then go back out on tour again later on after we put out a full length but we just have like I think we we were just we're transitioning as a band right now and just making just just changing you know and just evolving a little bit but I think that when we when we find when it when we turn into this beautiful butterfly, it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when when is the uh, next record gonna be out? Uh, we're looking for end of the year, like uh, December around that around December. That time. Hopefully, you know. We'll, Not most, but you know, usually we'll, metal bands don't put records out in December. You know why? Well, we'll round it. We'll be starting maybe a single here and there. Okay. We'll have the collection of material. What uh, what label is it? Uh, Fearless, Storm Fearless. Fearless. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Fearless. What's up? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Are you guys gonna be hitting the road? 
Yeah, early next year. We've got some stuff that I can't talk about that's okay. going to be sick, but it's pretty much most of the year. I was thinking, man, we need... When, man, when we, man, let's do it. Yeah, we should we, we should do a tour Come together. Come on, man. Let's get it going. I'll tell you, but here's the problem. So people don't really know this, all right? When Doc Coyle, mm-hmm. Mike Terry, Chris Kane get together, whoa, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Whoa. Shit gets shit gets hectic. But you know, man, you know <laughs> in, a, in all the best ways, but we just might not survive. All right, but see, here's the thing. Here's the reason why. It's because we don't see each other for so long that when we do see each other, it's like, man, I'm just so excited. And then you just get caught up in the excitement. Man, I miss my dogs. Man, I love you. I love you too, man. You know, like yeah. it just be like that, man. But I feel like on tour, you know, I don't, you know, I'm kind of a I kind of just chill anyway, so we can just play the shows. We okay. can have a weekly outing. Okay. You know? Okay. Couple, as long as we can barbecue, then that's, that's where we're at. Well, you know Chris is no, barbe- you know. He's the barbecue master. Smoke daddy. He is, man. Smoke god, 2000. He is He is the god. Yeah, um, he, and he's actually really good at it, man. I'm a chef now. He's sick. I tell him, I'll give him the sprouts. Well, yeah, we would, we would put you to work. Yeah, that's good. What's your specialty? Man, uh, I like to grill. I'm not much of a smoker, but and I like to make sauces. I'm a sauce guy. So saucier. Yeah, exactly, man. I keep it saucy, man. That's what's up. Saucy. All right. Well, <laughs> Mike Terry, I think I think we've covered I think, yeah. just about every I'm trying to think if there's anything, you know, I talked racism. You know, mm-hmm. I got I gotta talk about that. You know, got that's, to. that's that's a that's a key element for me. Um uh talked about the wrestling. You know? I'm surprised you talked about that. No one knows about that, man. Very oh, I just you. remember when you first talked about it, I thought it was the funniest shit ever, the way you explained it, getting your ass whooped. And I, <sighs> like, you know what's funny? You talk about it, and I almost envisioned it like a animated. <laughs> it was. It felt like it, you have like Boondocks. Like, yeah. It was, was on the PJs. It was exactly like that. I was literally getting like my like arm around my neck, and yeah. Yeah. So what, we need to take like a minute clip. You talk about that and just have someone that animate a, you getting your ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat off the top rope, man. Yeah. That. Um, do you know I almost was in Killswitch? No. I tried out for him. Do you know about that? Okay, you tried out. It was it was it was pretty sick. Yeah, it was, this close. It was this close. Well, here's the thing. The truth is, as long as Jesse was willing to come back, oh the, yeah, of no, course, no, no one, one stood a chance. No one was probably gonna on. get it because I have I have demos of Tommy singing. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, singing song. Do you have any? De- you record any demos or just live yeah, demos? And and they videoed me. I, and I tried to get the videos from, them, but they said they didn't have them. But I think they still do. Yeah. But yeah, I was so I was so that nervous. Yeah. Imagine being in a room this big and they just like, yeah, hit it, dog. Yeah. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. All right, that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Right on. And do you got a new solo album coming? I do. Is it album or EP? EP, man. It's gonna. I'm. uh, I've got two songs that I'm really stoked on right now that I'm gonna be putting out pretty soon. Who you work with? Because I was thinking, mate, did you ever work with Brandon? You worked with Brandon, right? Yeah, he's sick, man. And you know, I've been trying to really get into the studio. Yeah, you should do something like one of those type of songs. I would love to, man. He's that dude's brilliant, man. Yeah, Brandon Sammons, by the way. Shout out. Yeah, shout out Brandon, producer, songwriter. Great singer. He's the one that helped produce the the, the Eye of Tongues. He did all that. I, all of that was his eye. Like that was his mind. Like yeah. I just basically just filled in the blanks. Yeah. But that was his brain. So like, well, I'll be I'll be looking forward to that and uh, new volumes record. Yeah. And just hopefully we can uh, we can do a tour together. And, I just want to play show. some shows with you guys. I Man, I got to see you guys play for the first time actually like a, in a real setting here with on Pop, a couple of days ago with Papa Roach and she was. Sick man. Oh, thank really you. Good. Man. Really good man. Trying man. I was like, you were at the LA show. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I was. I was not looking at you. I was like, what's yeah, up? I had my sunglasses like, on. Yo, he was man. looking cool as shit on the side. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, you cool motherfucker. 
I don't look that cool. Oh, uh, you was cooler, man. You had to. You was doing. Well, the actually, head. I, I had my uh, my Milwaukee Bucks mm-hmm. fucking jersey, so I was feeling feeling that shit. Yeah, man. No, like, that's that was a really good set, man. Like, it's cool to because I've seen uh, I've seen you guys obviously from the start come up and like even like I was I was at a karaoke bar. And they played the zombie song, and they played y'all's version. As the, yeah. as the video was played in the background while these Asian people singing it really poorly, and it was it yeah. was really cool to it's, watch my dudes do that. That was that was insane. So, well, listen, man, we're just we're on the ride. <laughs> I don't, I never take myself too too seriously. I, it's funny, like, cause now it's like the band is getting more popular. Yeah, and I'll, you know, it's like now, like, if I like if it's we play we play the show. And let's say I, if I go out in the crowd like wearing anything relatively similar I wear on stage, like people will roll up and it gets crazy. But I don't like I really I'm just like I don't believe anyone. Like yo man, you're great. I'm like yeah. No, stop lying. Yeah. Like I really don't believe them because I really I feel like it's like you know how like someone they'll be like the biggest star. Like what was what I was thinking about? Uh, oh yeah, they had this like rap. No, it was like an R and B. Uh, like nostalgia show in Vegas. It was like Vanilla Ice, Tone Loke, uh, was it All for One? Like all these fucking, oh, all these different. They opened the crypt up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, at one point, all these motherfuckers were like Massive. on top of the yeah, world. Yeah. So they might go to a mall and it'd be like, oh my God, that's Tone Loke. Yeah. But then you just fast forward 10 years later, it's like, that's just a motherfucker getting putting gas in his car. No one cares. Nah, and that's yeah. how I think a lot of fame. Like there's obviously, you know, you know, Michael Jordan fame. That's just there's nothing he could do to not be famous, right? right? Yeah. You know, um, for the for the for the most part. So I just don't a lot of this stuff, I just don't take it too seriously. I'm yeah, but like, I think that's good though. It keeps you like, you know, I mean it's cool to see. Yeah. I feel I've always equated to like it's like an out of body experience. Like it's yeah. like cool to watch happen, but it doesn't really feel real. Like it yeah. really is real. Well, I just I guess I think I thought when I was younger that people like when you're when your band's killing it or whatever that you would just that means you just be like floating on sunshine all day. Yeah, same. You know, there's no sadness. You don't have real life problems. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Like I'd be in a big band and then be like, oh, dude. Yeah, you, know? you just well, just, I think when you're coming up and you're young and you idolize bands you see up there killing it and the whole crowd seeing along you're like and all you want is that feeling yeah you know um, which it and it, it it is there yeah 100 that feeling is available for you yeah but, but it it's comes temporary. attached with yeah. and it comes with the day 73 yeah of being on the road with these motherfuckers i'm so yeah. tired oh you know like the day-to-day you yeah. know yeah yeah it is it ultimately is a, it is a job and it, it has its its ups and downs but uh you know, it's yeah. just it's it's definitely fascinating. So I'm just I'm I'm in it and I'm kinda like seeing where it goes and you know you It's know. cool to see. It's cool though. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're doing all and right. You, and and it's only getting better. So Yeah, well well you hope so. That's the thing is you, you never get you know, ne- I, I don't think it's it's important to never get too comfortable with the idea that, oh, this will happen. You don't know oh, what no, happen. Yeah, for sure. You can do all the right things, do the right songs, make sure you're you're smart with all your affairs, but you just never know how it's going to go. Like, I definitely believe things are going to keep going up, but yeah. we'll see. Just, it's, yeah. Just it's good to know that the machine is well-oiled. At least it's it's nothing that there's not, like, you know, well, could throw a wrench in things. Yeah, you never know. You never know. But I'm, you know, I'm just 
on it till they kick me off. <laughs> Ride it till the wheels fall off. All right, enough talk about me. Mike Terra, love you. Hey, man, thank you for having me for sure, man. This Hell has yeah. been an honor and a pleasure, bro. Yes, sure. sir. Yes, sir. It was, it, the, the people, I feel, will enjoy this shit. All right, man. Thanks. Peace out. Later. Now don't go walking towards the light. Life is only fine night. Fine night. Yeah, you know we love to play with fire. Burning up the cold nights. The cold nights.
that track was entitled Finite, and it is by Volumes from their latest album, Different Animals. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I was really glad I could get Mike on the podcast because he is the coolest dude. You know, start a little slow. You know, he was a little chill. Maybe the maybe the weed was hitting him. You know what I'm saying? He was he a little. You know what I'm saying? I saw there was a lot of weeds in his house. You know what I'm saying? This motherfucker, he ain't, he ain't fucking around. But uh, they uh, volumes his band. I like how unprofessional I am today. It's shit's shit's fucked up. Uh, they have an EP available now called Coming Clean. So check that out. And they have a new record forthcoming. I, we talked about it, but I just want to fucking remind you, you people. Again, I'm back with you people. I love it. I love saying that shit, man. Makes me feel good. Just to demean people, you know? Put them down. I'm up here. You get down there. Get down there. Okay. I got, I got really nothing for the for the end of this. You know, all my shows have been really long lately, but it is what it is. You know, sometimes, you know, to tell these big stories, we got we to gotta, we gotta, we gotta take our time. But... Anyway, guys, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Tell your friends. Rate and review on iTunes. Um, if you have guests you want to see on the show, hit me up. You know, Give me some suggestions. I always take that stuff. I try and write it down. Um, there's obviously people I want to talk to, but maybe there's someone you want to hear from that I haven't spoken with. And uh, you know, without you guys, this show definitely could not exist. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I'm like I said, I'm... I'm going to grind for you guys in this next few months and try and get some, get the real shit. The real shit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? All right. Mama out. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.